Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and coming up on the program, we'll look back on A&M's 27-19 eight-point loss to number one-ranked Alabama Saturday at Kyle Field. The Aggies stood tall for 60 minutes. They really played a good football game. They stood up, held up physically with the toughest and most physically imposing team in college football. A&M held Bama to just 37 rushing yards and a 1.8 yard per carry average in the second half. They outscored the Crimson Tide 16-3 over the final 26 minutes of the game. We're not talking moral victories here. We're talking incremental steps about a team moving forward. Are they making progress going into a brutal stretch coming up? The Ags also got great individual performances from true freshman Kellen Mond, who passed for 237 yards and a pair of touchdowns, one passing and one on the ground. Also, Tyrell Dotson with 16 tackles, a sack, couple tackles for loss. Otaro Laka had another big night, made some plays behind the line of screen. Armani Watts played really well. Got some good uh, – the defensive front played a good game against Alabama's offensive line, which is very, very good. But ultimately, the turnover department played a significant factor in a narrow defeat for AM. A&M committed three turnovers and finished minus two in that turnover battle. Now the Aggies uh, know, though, that they can compete with any team in the country, that with any team that they – if they're playing their best football, A&M can compete with anybody at least left on the schedule and certainly the team that they've got next. Going to Gainesville, playing Florida, and going in there with a lot of confidence against a Gators team that's coming off of a one-point loss to LSU Saturday at home. A Gators team that's been pretty lucky to get by Tennessee with the Hail Mary. They were outplayed by Kentucky, but Kentucky had some personnel – issues they had some procedural issues had 10 players on the field defensively twice late in that game and florida took advantage of that you're going to more often than not otherwise it could be a florida team in here with about a one and four record instead of three and two something like that but it's an interesting battle it's at the swamp and his first trip to gainesville since 1962 and second trip ever it's the fourth meeting between a&m and Florida, A&M is uh, – Florida holds a 2-1 and one advantage all time in this series. It's kickoff for 7 o'clock local time in Gainesville, 6 o'clock central on ESPN2. We'll be joined during the hour by Tex-Ags columnist Olin Buchanan looking back on the loss to Alabama and ahead to the game against Florida. Sam Kahn of ESPN.com will be with us and Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com. All coming your way next on the Tex-Ags Maroon White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader Trade-In Marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Hi, Gabe Bach here from Texags Radio, and if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to Texags.com, what are you waiting for? Texags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like Texags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's Texags.com. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel, and as a well-educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Texting after three glasses of Merlot? Unwise. Using Zizol for 24-hour relief of your allergy symptoms? Quite wise. Because Zizol is just as effective at hour 24 as it is at hour 1, relieving your symptoms for a better night's sleep and a more productive day. So for continuous 24-hour allergy relief, don't be unwise. Be wise all. Take Zizol. Use as directed. 
Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for half the price of the other guys. Now we're dropping the half-price sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's. One perfect razor. None of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 2626 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 2626, for a free shave set offer. Again, it's harrys.com, code 2626. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. Back it is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and we're joined in studio. Looking back on that 27-19 loss to number one ranked Alabama Saturday at Kyle Field, Olin Buchanan, our columnist and Heisman voter with us. What's up, OB? Um, I'm feeling, still feeling like uh, the guy that had the, the fish, that, the, big, the big marlin that he had a, almost, almost boated, had a chance to, yeah. and, and, you know, spilled his beer in his lap. And so he reached down for it, and there went his pole into the ocean. Yeah, I think you'd feel a lot worse about losing Marlin and your pole than I think a lot of Aggies well, probably well, feel on a Monday after almost beating Alabama. Well, you know, I would hope not. You know, I would hope that th- that we're above moral victories. I don't well, know I think, that we are. Well, but I think I you hope. are, but what you're trying to see with a young team is building toward a successful year, right? Did A&M hold up in a, the ultimate Warriors test against Alabama for 60 minutes? I think 100% they did. I think A&M definitely showed up to the party against top-ranked Crimson Tide. They played them with eight, eight points. They outscored Alabama 16-3 to in the last 26 minutes. Heck, that's almost half the game. You know, they held the Tide to 37 rushing yards on 1.8 yards for carry in the second half. So little things like that. Ultimately, the three turnovers hurt. Ultimately, Mond, you take the good with the bad, he did a lot of good without much help, without much of a run game, without much on the offensive line. He did a lot just ad-libbing. And but the well-timed mistakes, ill-timed mistakes, I should say, certainly hurt. And without two or three plays, we might be talking about a different result. And I said the ultimate test that the SEC has to offer maybe the country. So there are a lot of ways to feel good about it projecting forward because you look now, I think, what, what can you say after Saturday? A&M can beat any team left on its schedule. Now, will they? I don't know. But can they? Certainly. Oh, yeah, they, they, they can. In fact, <clears throat> I would say the only game left on their schedule that they're probably going to be an underdog in is Auburn. Yeah. <clears throat> that said, like I said, when I, when I went fishing, did I go to catch a fish or, or get one on the hook and almost get in the boat? Maybe you'll catch a gator next week. Just yeah, keep on casting. I, 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 would think, uh, <laughs> I, I would think, in fact, that there will that be major disappointment uh, if, if A&M doesn't win in Gainesville, whereas you know at the beginning of the year it was a game where you just hope to win. But the combination of A&M looking pretty good and, and, and appear, appearing to be uh, uh, trending upward and getting better, and, and Florida, you know, the one guy on their team that you absolutely feel like no matter what that you can rely on and, and, and he's going to perform at a high level every week is their kicker, whose name escapes me right now. Pinero. Pinero, but the, I think widely considered he and uh, the guy from Auburn the best in the, in the league, and for him to miss an extra point being the difference of that game but yeah. you know that's just how it's going on. LSU, they were able to skate out and get some wins they had no dessert we even said they're probably the worst and least impressive one loss team in america now they've got two but they could easily be one and four right now yeah you know and, and they're lsu with all their issues they go in and win on the road against them um you know there's just so many things and, and they've had guys out there 
the guy that's been their number one playmaker, Tyree Cleveland, didn't play, and I don't think he's going to play against A&M either. Yeah, it's of the high ankle variety. Yeah, a guy who almost came here. Yep, one-time committee. So, uh, uh, you know, now you look at A&M going to, uh, to Gainesville, and if they don't win, it's going to be, a, I think, a severe disappointment as opposed to, again, just a, a month ago, you thought, yeah. well, man, that would be a great win if you could, if you could get it. I, I thought the Ag stood tall against number one. Again, no moral victories, yes, but I, I feel like sometimes I, – a I, couple, of, couple of occasions, 2012 Florida – you walked off thinking, okay, this team probably got better. This team can compete in the SEC, right? I mean, they showed that. And very seldom do you feel good even in a loss. Not feel good about a loss, but feel good even despite a loss. And you still kind of did. You felt like what that team could progress to. I walked off the field the other day feeling good about where this team is moving forward with a young team despite the loss to Alabama, that they did get better, even despite the fact that they came up eight points short. Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that you can that, that's pretty obvious that they're showing that they're that they're improving and that they went out and and played the number one team in the country and played them uh, uh, pretty you know very well and had a again I think they played well enough to win if you could take care of the ball on a couple of occasions and and uh, don't want to put it all on one guy but uh, you know Derek Tucker I think is going to be a, a a great player here just taking a really bad angle on that 75-yard yeah. touchdown burst. But, you know, A&M had their, I think, second-team defensive tackles on the field in that game. And and after Mac, the, Mac went the wrong – he got shoved after, the wrong after, way. After the first-teamers had, yeah. what, forced a – Three and out. Three and out. Yeah. So, I'm sure – They were tired the, already. They were so tired that you need to bring in the second-teamers and boom, there's a 75-yard run. But, you know, after that, after that run, save for a couple of uh, Jalen Hurt scrambles, and he's going to do that to everybody – uh, I thought the AM run defense showed it was really was really uh, very good. Yes, and that it was legitimate. And so, yeah, there are some things that you can look at and say, all right, now I'm very encouraged moving forward. Uh, I can understand that. Uh, I'm still not. I, I still don't. You know, I'm still not the guy that's going to be happy with just you know, coming close, even right. against Alabama. Sure, sure. And, and what we go – now what you look for is, remember, A&M last year, you left Tuscaloosa thinking, man, we could have won that game. Played Alabama head up. We could have won that game if not for, you know, a, a one penalty and maybe one uh, fumble. So we're, you know, absolutely in, – and in, in then what happened? Then second half, the post-Bama collapse happened. Right. Do you feel the same way, though, as you did last year? Well, I don't. I don't. And I, and, but I, I, I have to admit – that it's probably equal parts, if not more, than what I've saw, you know, from A and M against Alabama. But uh, and quite frankly, I think Kellen Mond's a better quarterback than Trevor Knight right now. Yeah, well, he's an accurate passer. He's a really good. He's a good young decision maker. There are a lot of things that Trevor brings to the table that Mond doesn't have yet. Yet, but but he's got more talent though. Mond's a, a, a he's already showing me that he's a better passer. But anyway. Oh, absolutely. But, but I mean, it was a, probably not a great decision. We're, we're seeing it right here. Well, that wasn't it. But it's probably not a great decision to throw into triple coverage on Alabama. But he threw into triple coverage on Alabama, rolling right, 42 yards in the air. Would have hit a tiny window pane right through the window. The exact one he was aiming for. I mean, it's yeah. just a beautiful – Trevor Knight in a million tries never makes that throw. So, uh, so there's – my point was that I feel – for, for all the reasons that I I could be encouraged about what A and M did against Alabama to feel good moving forward, and, and thinking that there won't be a collapse, there's at least that many reasons because of what I haven't seen from the remaining teams on their right. schedule. Right. Florida looks very pedestrian. LSU's yeah. very pedestrian. Ole Miss looks awful. Mississippi State, two different teams, home road, and they come to Kyle Field. Right, but like that's been a big difference, right? Coming to Kyle Field, <laughs> I know, but I, I, again, I think it's better this year. Well, I, I think do. That's another thing that I think's better this year. Kyle Field's better, and the team's better. Well, I think Kyle Field is better as the team goes. Yeah. Kyle Field's going to go, and especially when defense shows so, up. So, do I think A and M was going to go six and zero? They could. We'll have more with OB after this. It's the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.
Bach with you. It is the Texag Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and we're back in studio with our columnist, Olin Buchanan. One area, OB, where you think A&M should grow the most and show the most improvement moving forward this season? Uh, I think it'll be in the secondary uh, where it needs to be improved. And uh, I think you'll – because you have young guys back there, I think, with every game, you know, they'll get a chance to get better. But beyond that, they're going to get some help too because in the second half of the season, with the exception of Shea Patterson and to some degree Jarrett Stidham, even though they still want to run first, uh, I think you're going to find opponents that are challenged pat, uh, in the passing game. And so that'll help too. So I'll, I'll look for the, the secondary to start uh, improving their, uh, their numbers. Hayden's 28th against the run. They've gone from 118 to 108 in one week in pass defense, which is still really bad. But I think you're on to something with Franks and then, pat, and then Fitzgerald's more of a runner than a thrower. Mm-hmm. And then Stidham, who's a pretty good thrower, not to just bulk rolling out numbers, like yeah. high, high numbers, though. Yeah, Patterson, that's all they do. Um, you got New Mexico, who's a great, a really good running team, but it's a lower-level running team, not a passing team. New Mexico State's the passing team, but right. New Mexico's a running team. Um, and then, obviously, LSU. LSU. They can't do it. Even though so, Dan I think Hitling, those numbers are about to skyrocket. Dan Hitling did light up the Aggies last year, but I just don't think it – I know. I still like my chances uh, against him if he's if he's having to throw. They don't have the same caliber of receivers yep. they had at, uh, at LSU last year. So, um, yeah, I think the combination of getting better with more experience every game and then seeing more um, – how do I want to say this? More average to below average passers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're finished with offenses. Rosen, Austin Allen, Jake Bentley – even uh, well, that's three of the four best passers right, you're going to see. Even hurts to a degree. I I actually heard Stephen McGee say uh, in the press box Saturday night, oh, you know, hurts is a better passer than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, predicated off of that run, but he is a better. He's improved. Yeah, he has so, a smart smart kid. He's so, gotten better. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, that's my, that's where I'm. I think you're onto some, especially corner. I, I believe Debion Renfro is a good player. I mean, De- think about this, Debion Renfro is tied for the nation national lead in forced fumbles as a true freshman corner. Talk about a physical player who gets his hands on footballs. I mean, when a guy does catch the ball around him or he's around a pack, he's knocking the ball loose. He's tied with Landis Durham. Do you have that in your pool, OB, before the no, year? No, Landis Durham and Debbie on Renfro be tied for the nation's lead in fumble, forced fumbles. There are only four other freshmen in America that have two forced fumbles. Renfro's got three. I just hope that someday, maybe it'll be this year, probably not, but someday in his, some, at some point in his career, his level of performance is as absolutely awesome as his first name. <laughs> Debian. <laughs> that is, Can he live up to his name? I would have loved to have. If, if I'd even thought of that, my son might be Debian. Can he live he up can. to his last name? There have been some good Renfro. Well, yeah, Renfro, <laughs> as an old Cowboys fan, <laughs> That's Mel. That's right. And Al Oilers fan Mike. Exactly. Well, and Mike played for the Cowboys too. Yeah, Renfro's yeah, been a good yeah. name. Yeah, it has. Can you live up to his there first was a, last name? Of course, there was a linebacker at Texas with that last name. He wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, nothing's ever 100%, right? That's right. All right, 693-1150. I think you're on some – let me throw this one at you. Okay. O- offensive line. They finally got their best five guys out there. I feel like it's a situation where literally – They've taken two steps forward and one step back. Since they decided on these five and pulled Prater out, put McCollum in, and you got Martin at left tackle, McCollum, and then McCoy, and then on the right side, Lamphere with Sutherland at right tackle. Sutherland's been a little up and down. I think Martin's been really good. Okay, I think uh, Lamphere's been really good when he's healthy. He's fighting through it. They had to put uh, Hawker out there a little bit the other day. But when those five – and obviously their best one's McCoy in the middle. So, with those five guys, took a little step forward against Arkansas – Pretty big step forward against South Carolina and took and got beat last week. Well, Bama's going to beat most yeah. teams. But moving forward off of that, I feel like move that this unit has a chance to continuously improve throughout the course of the back half. Well, I do too. Uh, I just don't know that, they, that you can look for them to make as giant a leap as the secondary has the potential to make because I think they're pretty good right now. Uh, are the – are they great? No, but I think they're above average. Now, how much above average we can we can uh, debate, but uh, you know, I, I don't see it being a stellar, you know, elite offensive line. But I think it's uh, 
right now. I think it's very solid, and I think it could get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know how much better it's going to get uh, in one year, in the last six ga- games. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, could, I, I would I would expect them to keep improving because if for no other reason but the cohesiveness of having the same guys. Exactly. What's kind of interesting about this topic is you can go a lot of ways with it. And because it's a young team that has been showing improvement, that has been – now they're inconsistent, but is showing improvement, and it, they've got so many young players out there, you can make a case – obviously quarterback. I mean, he's shown no signs of going backwards, only forward. So he's an obvious one. Linebackers have shown really no signs of taking huge step back. Yeah, they might have had a subpar game against Arkansas, but – I think they've dramatically improved well, what's and will impro- continue to because Hines is going to get more reps. Yeah, and what's impressive there is they acknowledged they had a subpar game and then got better. Right. That's right. You know, so you yep. say, okay, here's what we did wrong, and, and they fixed it. So, yeah, you, the receivers. Yeah, and running backs because they've been banged up. I mean, just health factor should help Travion Williams. Yeah, see, I just think the running backs are good. Yeah. Uh, so, so But again, the production could skyrocket in the second half if they're more healthy. Skyrocket? Travion's sitting there about what three hundred something yards. I think he's. You know what? Travion had about what two hundred and three in his first game. Yeah, and he has about two hundred and twenty cents. Oh, he's four hundred twenty-two yards rushing. Yeah. Yes. So he's yeah he's about the same he's in the last four games that he had in the first game. Mm -hmm. First half one. Part of yeah his injury issues. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but there again, I'm saying hey, they're already good there. Yeah. And you're uh, right about receivers because Ratley's got a ton of confidence right now. He, Jamon Osmond and Cam Buckley, I think they found another one there. Yeah, to go with Christian, uh, that was a big catch he made. And so I think I think you could see some uh, improvement out of the receivers. But you already are to a certain degree are pretty good just because you have Christian and Osmond's been coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at the the secondary, that's the I think what looks like the number one the number one yeah. weakness. Maybe. But there's talent there. And there's talent there, and it's young talent. And then, again, what we talked about, the chance for that talent to get better each and every week, and then the fact that you know, they may not be challenged as much. Our thanks to Olin Buchanan. When we come back, Sam Kahn of ESPN.com will be with us on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. I have to get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? (sighs) Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. As a business Business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter and Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter and Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter and Company can do for you. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? 
Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Back with you, it's the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and let's look back again on the loss to Alabama on an improved run game on Kellen Mond's progress even in a loss to Bama. Ahead of the Florida game, more Sam Kahn of ESPN.com with us right now on the hotline. Looking back on that, I think you were you were covering all over the place. I guess you were in Austin last week, weren't you? I was, yes. All right. You get a little glimpse of what happened here at Kyle Field on Saturday? Yeah, I was actually paying pretty close attention, uh, you know, to that game while while that one while mine was going, and I was I got to say overall I was impressed with the with the fight that A and M had. I mean, I, I expected them to be in the game through at least a half, just because I thought the defensive front was good enough to to keep them in that ball game. Uh, ultimately, I thought it was going to be difficult for them to score points because Alabama's defense is really good and and is, you know talented as Kellen Mond is, picking a true freshman quarterback you know, against that Alabama defense is asking a lot. But I think they kept it even tighter than I expected down the stretch. Uh, I mean, there was never any doubt in my mind that Alabama was going to win that game. Uh, but certainly the, the fight that they continued to show really impressed me a lot, and I think it bodes well for this team moving forward. I don't I don't think you feel after this game, if you're an A&M fan, like you have maybe after the last few Alabama games where you know they had opportunities and things like that I mean this is a team this is a better team to beat you but I think you I think A&M acquitted themselves well yeah I mean A&M scored nine more points than Florida State Vandy and Ole Miss combined in 12 quarters so I mean there are a lot of things good about it we're not you're not taking moral victory certainly but you're looking for elements of the game where you fared really well and can project moving forward into a more winnable portion of your schedule an all-important portion of your schedule as for Mond I mean he and A&M scored 19, and five other true freshmen that have played Alabama in the Saban era the last 10 years had three points total. That was Rob Bolden, like around 09-2010. Nobody else had even scored on Alabama walking out there with a true freshman quarterback. So I thought he fared well. I mean, him, Johnny, and Trevor Knight are the only freshmen ever in the Saban era to, to throw for 200 yards. This guy continues to progress. I thought he went out there without, without much help. He did not have the benefit of a run game. He did not have the benefit of a very good offensive line production in a game like that. I thought they got whipped up front, and he went out there and just ad-libbed and was able to be successful. Yeah, and I think that's where you saw a lot of growth because I think we knew he could run the football. We knew he could run read option, and, and you knew he could hit some balls downfield. But I think his, his continued ability to make plays outside the pocket to extend plays and some of the throws he made. I mean, gosh, that throw toward the end over near the right pylon. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that I don't know that that we knew Kellamont had that in him. I thought I think we know he's a talented passer, but I don't know if we knew he had that in him because that was a hell of a yeah, it really uh, was. You know, in the, the the spin move that he made, he made a couple of them, but the one that he made to the Christian Kirk touchdown. I mean. He, he just, to me, he grew up a lot. And, and I think that game will help him a ton. You know, the O-line of the run game, I mean, nobody was in Alabama. I mean, let's be honest. So, no doubt. I mean, as much as, as much as you are frustrated by that, I mean, that's no different than anybody else. And I think, uh, you know, that they'll get back on track. This is still a running team. This is still a team that will make it pay running the football. But, man, Kellen being able to do some of that stuff certainly – uh, gives you some optimism offensively for A&M. Yeah, and I made some mistakes. He's going to learn on tape. You can't hold the football out like a loaf of bread against a team like this. And right. they, that turnover was significant. Travion had one that gave him a gimme touchdown right before half, which was significant, obviously, in an eight-point game. And then you get to the two, you're about to punch it in and have a bad interception. Mink is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he made a great play, baited him, made a great play. But where are you if you're – put us in the mind of Sumlin, Mazzoni, and where you are with this is like, look, we got to make sure he plays with that – I wouldn't say reckless abandonment, but playmaker mentality, right? Is not yeah. so focused on not turning the ball over that he doesn't go out there and do what he does best. I mean, how difficult is that to find a balance with a true freshman to go be a playmaker but be smart about it too? I don't think it's as hard as you might think just because, you know, I think they're very smart about how much they feed him in the game plan. Because as long as you 
what, what's in the game plan is what you can handle, what he can handle, then, then the rest is, is instant. You know, I mean, he can he can go out there. He, these are the plays that he's been making his entire career, you know, before he got to the college level. So, you know, at some point you, like, you, you don't want to get to a point where you turn your quarterback into a game manager, not when you have someone as talented as him. If you're at LSU and you have Danny Etling, that's a different story. But when yeah. you have a guy that's talented, you want him to play to win. And so, yes, you want him to take care of the football. Yes, you want him to play within the confines of the offense. But at the same time, you don't want to take that ability away. So, yes, it is a balancing act. But I think with the true freshmen, what they got on the same page as to how much Kellen can handle from a game plan standpoint as they increase that, as long as they know he's comfortable that you know we can do this, this, and this, the rest of it is, you know, trust your instincts. I think I think you trade some of those mistakes and things that he's going to do as true freshman. You just talking about being a freshman. I think you trade those off because you feel good enough about your defense on the other side that you know what we can survive some of these mistakes. Certainly against the better teams, you cannot, and to beat Alabama's of the world, you cannot. But there's no other team in this division, in my opinion, or less team left on the schedule other than maybe Auburn that's so good that you think to myself, think to yourself, wow, you have to play a perfect game to beat them. I, I mean, even mm-hmm. Auburn, I don't think. Yeah. You have to play perfect and beat him, but I, I think uh, I think you just uh, I think you just live with what what he does and and you uh, you let him ride it out. Now there are two positive trends happening right now, among some other things, but the two big ones are Mon's continual growth and progression, and the second one is A and M's much improved run defense. If I if I told you one of them was going to continue to get better every single week and the other one wasn't, now maybe they both will. But which one would you pick is definitely, your opinion, you're more convinced that this element of A&M's team, Mon, or the run defense, is going to continue to progressively get better every week? I'll, I'll say the run defense because I think I think with a freshman quarterback, you know, what, the, the more teams have time to study him, the more you learn their tendencies and such. I think A&M's depth on defense is, is so much better than it has been in, in recent years, and I think that's going to be a big reason why they continue to, to do well on that side of the ball. I mean, you look at the way a guy like Tyrell Dawson played, you know, a lot of playing really well. And then, and then at the defensive tackle, I mean, we know how much depth they have there. I, I think they're in really good shape there. Uh, it, you know, so I, th- I think they are going to continue to get better. I think, and I, if, if the things they did this offseason from a strength standpoint and, and the way they approach camp and things, if, that, if those things pay off the way they hope it will, then you won't have an issue, they're hoping, with, guys getting fatigued and, and having those issues down the stretch. And, you know, so, I mean, that, that plays a role into it, too. But I think just the depth from what they have and talent, I think they finally are where they need to be or getting closer to where they need to be on that side of the ball. So, I think you got to feel pretty good right there. Our thanks to Sam Kahn of ESPN.com. We'll keep it on the phone lines with Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com. Next, you're listening to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. We're back with Olin Buchanan in the studio. And on the phone line, Barrett Salee. You can check out his podcast, Smothered and Covered Podcast from B Sporto. He's a host on SiriusXM and is also a writer for CBSSports.com. Barrett Salee with us right now on the hotline. What did we learn in week six in the SEC, Barrett? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is is what you guys saw in College Station, that, that Alabama's offense is still sort of evolving and really hasn't evolved all that much. Um, the passing game isn't there, and aside from, you know, one Damian Harris home run, um, it's still relatively limited. Um, as long as you've got, you're, you're facing a defense like Texas A&M that is, is going to bring pressure and, and be aggressive. Um, so that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, in that same game you saw the Texas A&M, you know, as sort of evolved into a, a pretty good football team. Uh, Kellen Mond is, is gaining more confidence the faster you know what he is as a rusher. Um, still a freshman that makes freshman mistakes, picked down on the end zone um, with, with, a, with an ill-advised pass, but he also dropped dimes that I think can, uh, can be used as foundation. So um, that's, I think, the biggest thing, uh, coupled with um, the fact that, that, that LSU finally let Matt Canada run his offense. Um We'll see. We'll see what happens there because I do think that they basically emptied the tank against Florida in the first half, and Florida, to their credit, actually did stop it in the second half. Um, but um, that, that again, um, is it, something that 
we needed to see from LSU and, and, and moving forward, do, do they continue to have success with that rather limited version of what Matt Canada wants to do uh, against defenses that are, are relatively thin like Florida's was? I'm curious, to um, Barrett, to get your unbiased point of view. Do you think – or did, did you see that A&M and watch that A&M-Alabama game and come away thinking A&M played really well, or were you more of the mind that Alabama did not? Well, Alabama did not play well, uh, but but there's a reason they didn't play well, and I think it's because because of what Texas A&M did. They didn't play scared defensively, and I think that's the biggest thing when when it comes to Alabama. You've got a lot of schools that um, that, that are just they they don't want to put themselves in situations where Alabama burns them with a big play, and it, it seems like John Davis and Kevin Sumlin had a concerted effort to say well, we're just going to let it all hang out, and and it worked. Uh, so Oh, Alabama didn't play well, but and made them not play well because they were um, they were aggressive. They, they they didn't coach or play scared, and just flat out got beat. And I think that's what why Kevin Sullivan was was surprisingly upbeat in the post game press conference. Like, look, you know, they played their best game, and and their best game is not good enough to beat Alabama right now, uh, but it might be next year because of of the foundation they laid and the foundation they continue to lay throughout the course of the season. Might have played their best game, quote unquote, but made some critical, critical mistakes. That yeah. if they gone the other way, maybe it's a different result. Are, what's more real and sustainable? Before we get off A and M here, Mon's rapid upward trend week to week, or A and M's improved run defense? As you project forward the back half of the season, which one do you think's more sustainable and real? I think A and M's run defense is um, because they they they've all settled into their roles. They're they're, they're not. They're not focused on one star, whether it's Kiki or, or Johnson or whoever, or a locker coming in or whoever. Um, they've all, they're all playing the way they need to play without a superstar. So you're not, you're not dependent on one guy um, like you were in years past with Miles Garrett. Now, granted, it's pretty good to rely on that one guy, but I think you, know, you guys saw what happened last year when he got banged up. The whole thing fell apart. Uh, if one guy gets banged up, I don't think the whole thing falls apart this year. So I think that's more sustainable. Um, is going to be, you know, a star. Um, but I think this year, uh, you know, he's going to show signs of improvement week to week. But I think, again, he's going to make some mistakes where, you know, he's going to have games or, or series or plays or whatever where he makes the pressure of the team. Like you said, he did that down near the goal line in a situation where a touchdown probably um, drastically changes that game and gives Texas A&M an even better chance to pull off an upset. Um and, and he, he's going to continue to play well. But I think the defense is more sustainable. I think the defense you saw against Alabama is, is what A&M wanted, it's what A&M is, and it's what A&M will continue to be. Hey, Barrett, we've been here before at the halfway mark of the season, feeling good, looking good. What are are you buying or are you selling A&M in the second half of the season? Do you think that this is going to be the year they sustain, they sustain it and play strong in the second half? Or do you kind of – or skeptical that it might be more of the same. I'm buying them. I, you know, I think you know because the the, the trajectory is, is much different. Um, you, you're you're not going through the first half of the season with massive expectations. Uh, for the most part, the only time Texas A&M had massive expectations was for one half of one game in Pasadena, California, uh, because they played lights out. That's it. Um, and then after that game, clearly they, by, by choice and by necessity, because of Starkle's injury, kind of hit the reset button and said, all right, we're going to go young, we're going to develop, uh, and, and, and see what happens. And so um, it, it continues to, to get better. And that's why I think, like, look, you know, Alabama lost that game, or Anna lost that game, but there's, there isn't such, such thing as a moral victory. And that was a moral victory because you went toe-to-toe with Alabama, with a, a roster that is extremely young and developing and and, and had a shot. And, and, and that's going to give that team confidence moving forward. You look at the rest of the schedule, um, yeah, Auburn's going to have a lot of the same success defensively that Alabama did and in, in, in moving the line of scrimmage back into Kellen Mond's face. So, um, but other than them, where, where's the threat? What, what, what's, the, what's the loss? Because I don't think it's Florida this week. I don't think it's LSU. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the future still looks bright. I, you know, I'm, Kyle, I, I'm not one to buy into trends. You know, A&M has, and we've talked about this, um, 
not all eight and four seasons are created equally. Last year's uh, progression, I think, had more to do with injuries than anything else. Um, the injuries happened earlier for Texas A&M, which means the trajectory has changed. I think it'll continue to go in the right direction throughout the course of the season. Thanks to Barrett Salee. When we come back, we'll run down the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games against the spread and get into some keys to A&M and Florida this weekend. 6 o'clock Central Time kickoff on ESPN2 at the Swamp in Gainesville. Gabe Bach with you. It's the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader Trade-In Marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. Allergy sufferers? The name's Nigel. I'm a well-educated owl, therefore well-versed in the difference between what's wise and unwise. Talking like a pirate on a job interview. Unwise. Using Zizol for 24-hour relief of your allergy symptoms? Quite wise. In a clinical study, 90% of allergy sufferers who use Zizol felt powerful 24-hour relief after just one day. So for continuous allergy relief, don't be unwise. Be wise all. Take Zizol. Users directed. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Uses directed. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for half the price of the other guys. Now we're dropping the half-price sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's. One perfect razor. None of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 2626 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 2626, for a free shave set offer. Again, it's harrys.com, code 2626. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Gabe Bach with you. It's the final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report CRM Sports Network, A&M in Florida, 6 o'clock kick Saturday from the Swamp at 6 o'clock Central Time. Before we get into that, let's pick the games in the SEC. One out-of-conference game to kick us off. It is the dreadful BYU Cougars, a 1-5 record on the road in Starkville. You know, they beat Mississippi State last year, and now it's the return, and State's trying to return the favor here at 3-2. and two, They've lost their last two games coming off a bye. 11 o'clock on the SEC Network, Bulldogs favored by 23-and-a-half, and I think Mississippi State covers. Yeah, I had two weeks to prepare for it. They've really been struggling, but they're a very Jekyll and Hyde home road team. I think they roll an awful BYU ball club here by about 30. This is going to get ugly. It'll get ugly soon, early. Mississippi State gets up for 11 o'clock games. Nobody knows that better than Texas A&M. I think State rolls. South Carolina at Tennessee. 
The Gamecocks are at four and two overall, two and two in the league. Tennessee at three and two and zero oh and two in the SEC. It's eleven o'clock on ESPN, and the Volunteers on the road favored by two and a half. At the time of this recording, I'm picking South Carolina to and the points. I don't think you'll need them. The Gamecocks will win the game and may be the final straw that breaks the back of Butch Jones in Knoxville. Uh, this could be the game where Butch Jones will officially be let go. Everyone, a lot of people thought it would happen after 41 nothing loss to, to Georgia, but Tennessee's got not much to play for. I'm not sure they're playing hard for their coach either. At this point, when you lose the locker room, with your with your cliches you probably are on your way out and I think Butch Jones is <clears throat> number 10 Auburn at LSU 2:30 central time on CBS Auburn 5 and 1 3 and 0 in the league the LSU at 4 and 1 a 1 point win at the swamp last week and they're now at home the Tigers and they're 1 and 1 in the league the Tigers it's 2:30 on CBS Tigers favored by 6 and a half Auburn covers Auburn goes to death to to Death Valley and rolls in this game I believe uh, <clears throat> LSU is a nice win against a Florida team that really has trouble putting points on the board, moving the football offensively. And their defense just isn't as good as the reputation would indicate. Auburn's defense is. Auburn's defense is legit this year. They go on the road. It doesn't matter where you're playing this game. Auburn's going to roll. Vanderbilt at Ole Miss, who really cares? 2.30 on the SEC Network. Rebels by three and a half. And I think Ole Miss covers here. I think Ole Miss wins the game. It's at home. It's Shea Patterson. They've got an explosive offense. Vanderbilt's not doing much right now, especially offensively. And the defense is allowing rushing yards in bundles. So nobody really cares about this game, but I think Ole Miss is going to cover that three and a half. Arkansas at number one, Alabama, 615 on ESPN. Crimson Tide favored by 30 and a half. And here's why. I think it's been bet down a little bit. Maybe it's last checked it was 30 and a half. Maybe it's about 30 right now. Last time I I recorded 6.15 central time on ESPN. Alabama rolls in this game. Do they cover? I'm going to say they do. It's going to be a blowout, whatever that score is. You'll see a lot of Tua Tagovailoa, I believe, in this game. And who knows if you're going to see Austin Allen. Would Brett Bielema consider, because Austin Allen's banged up anyway, Consider resting his quarterback in this game where his O-line's terrible, they don't have much of a run game, and his quarterback, his most important player and best player, has been getting pummeled last year and this year and is banged up big time. They've got some more winnable games. They're going to lose this game with or without Austin Allen. The smart play is to not play him, to rest him here to try to get him 100% or as close to it as he can possibly be. Alabama's going to absolutely dismantle Arkansas and Tuscaloosa this weekend. Missouri at number four, Georgia 630 on the SEC Network. Bulldogs favor by 30 and a half. I'm going to say Georgia covers because Missouri's just dreadful. They are pretty explosive offensively when they play a bad defense, but Georgia's anything but. They are a fantastic defense. They'll show their teeth, and they'll go out there and absolutely roll Missouri. Well, they cover the 30 and a half. I'm going to say they do, but it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Missouri can't stop anybody. They Georgia could score 45, 50 in this game without Jake Fromm throwing a single pass. Now, he's going to throw a little bit. They were trying to work on some stuff, I believe, in this game. So you may have some clunky drives in there, but I, I don't think it'll be hard at all for Georgia to cover that 30 and a half. And finally, Texas A&M at Florida, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Gators favored by about three points right now. And my players of the game offensively, it's always the quarterback here. Kellen continues to make incremental, not just incremental, exponential progress week after week after week. I felt like he held up without much help offensively against a very good Alabama defense. You could say a great Alabama defense. He's going to need help in this game, though. Travion Williams. If Travion's closer to 100%, we started seeing that burst last week, but there was nowhere to run against Alabama. But in the screen game, you could see it. Travion did a good job in the catch-and-run game out of the backfield. He's going to need to be big. Damian Ratley to stretch the field offensively, and Christian Kirk has got to show up. you got to get Christian Kirk a bunch of touches in this game against a defense that has a good reputation but is 55th in the country in total D. They're 10th in the SEC in run defense. Kirk's got to touch the ball in a variety of ways in this game. Defensively, Kingsley, Kiki, Zaykov, and Henderson inside. Um, Florida, what they do offensively is they've started to establish a little bit of a run game with P. Ryan and with Malik Davis. Kiki, Zaykov, and Henderson inside, and Tyrell Dotson at middle linebacker. 
Armani Watts, too, aiding the run game, but also making sure that a bad quarterback in Franks does not beat you deep. So they're my players to watch. My keys to the game are this. Number one, no ill effects from Bama. Carry over that confidence of how you played last week. Number two, a quick start. you got to keep Gator fans sitting in, on their hands and not on their feet and getting into this game. It's an SEC environment and a really good one. Okay. Number three is Kellen Mond. He's got to be a playmaker, but also find that balance. Be a playmaker, not a complete gunslinger, especially in a scoring zone. Protect the football. Know the value of points. Number four, you got to win that red zone battle. Florida's not a good defense or not a good offense, but they're pretty darn good in the red zone. Okay, so you've got to hold up there and win the red zone battle. You're a better football team than them. Number five, you got to play even up front on the offensive line versus a talented Florida defensive line. You got to protect Mon. You got to open up holes in the run game. A good test for AM's run game. A good test for that offensive front in this one. Number six, get the ball into Christian Kirk's hands. My goodness, at least eight touches, if not more. How hard is it to get Christian Kirk the football? It shouldn't be this hard. He's a very good player, he dominates the scouting report. But you've got to figure out new and creative ways to get him the football. Okay. Number seven, limit Florida's success on the ground with Davis and P. Ryan. Again, that's a good on good battle to watch. Their offensive line is much improved. They've got two very good backs. AM's much improved run defense. That's a fun battle. Game within the game to watch. Number eight, force Felipe Franks to have to win with his arm and then pressure him early and often forcing him to make quick decisions. you got to put pressure on him, but uh, number one, you got to get them into some third and long situations. Get them off schedule by stopping the run on first down and making it second and nine, second and 11, something like that, where they feel like they've got to throw the football. And then you got to make him a, a, a quick thinker out there, confuse him. Quarterback confusion sh- could happen against Felipe Franks, especially if he's in second and long, third and long situations. Finally, win in the special teams. They're a talented special teams unit. You are too. You won in the special teams last week against Alabama and could do the same here on the road at the Swamp. Do that. It's going to definitely aid what A&M's got going for itself offensively and defensively. I like it like 31 to 20 A&M. I think the Aggies win the battle up front in the running game on both sides of the football, pull away late, and what feels like a close one for about midway through the third quarter, start to pull away for not a blowout win, but a two-score win for A&M. I like them 31-20 to on the road at the Swamp to bounce back after that Alabama game with a win over Florida. All right, hope you've enjoyed the program today. Gabe Bach with you. Our thanks to Olin Buchanan, Sam Kahn, and Barrett Salee. Thanks to you for tuning in for the hour. We'll be back next week to break down Florida. And look ahead, it'll be a bye week after that. So a lot of other things we can get into next week, but a full breakdown of A&M in Florida next week on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network.